and six. Perfect. Welcome everyone to the pre-Easter service social distancing show, or PEZs yeah. for short. Where we are gonna talk about the top five pros of having Easter at home this year. Absolutely, and the first one, obviously, is you can wear whatever you want to to service this year. Yeah, you can wear sweatpants. Yeah, or you can put on a full-on tuxedo if you want to. Wow, do you own a tuxedo? I do, I do, maybe I will. Maybe Please I'll throw a tuxedo it. on. Please wear it, or you know what is the best part? You can wear a tuxedo, or you could just wear a Snuggie for Ooh. all of Easter. You know what I might do? Here's my plan. I'm gonna put on a tuxedo t-shirt, throw a Snuggie on over top of it, wow. and then put on my suit jacket over top of that. Wow. It just feels, it just feels classy, it feels wow, right. That is a, that's definitely a pro for Easter this year. I'm in, I'm in for it. What's and our second one? The second pro for Easter this year is you can park wherever you want. Praise. You don't have to fight for parking. Praise. I, the, one of the worst things is when you are leaving Easter service, you're all full of the Holy Spirit, you're like, man, Jesus is risen, and then you're in your car, and Nate Ross cuts you off in the parking lot wow. to try to get to George's house for Easter you dinner. You slam on your horn and he just keeps on going. I, it's, it's just so frustrating. It's definitely happened to me and Caleb before, and, yeah. and it would be really bad if it happened to you, but guess what? You don't have to worry about that now. This year, you get to park like what? 10 feet away from your front door. Absolutely. Maybe even in your garage wow. at home. Wow. It's pretty awesome. That is amazing. Number three, you can come to church late and no one is gonna know. Wow, Jacob, did you know that there's worship before the sermon? Yeah. Like if you go to church, if you, if you show up on time, there's what the people are singing yeah. before the. Did you not know that? I I did not know that. I think I've been late to service my entire life. Oh, that's sad. Well, now you know. I know what you're feeling. Yeah. You walk in late and you're like, ah, Nate's already talking yep. because I got here 30 minutes late. Right. And then everyone's looking at you. It's kind of weird. Guess what? All that goes away. No worries. You can walk into your living wow. room, turn it on at 9.46. I know that's late, that's wow. crazy for the live stream. You're but, getting crazy. But you can go in and no one's gonna know. It is perfect. And number four is you always have the best seat in the house. Hmm. You, you don't have to fight to get your favorite seat. You, you don't have to walk in and see someone else already sitting there. With Easter at home, you can sit wherever you want. I'm gonna throw this out there. If you want to, you can even lay down whoa on a couch whoa maybe in an easy chair kind of wow. just go ooh, all the way back hey I, if the weather's nice maybe a hammock outside don't be crazy i mean that would be, come on you can sit wherever you want with easter at home or seat in the house you know what if you're like i've been sitting enough stand whoa, whoa service whoa. maybe hop on the treadmill get a little workout oh, going. come on wow put that easter suit on get on the treadmill uh i would actually Dream. say though the treadmill is in no way the best seat in the house no. maybe like choose a recliner or a couch get comfortable right absolutely you can stand for worship you can sit for worship absolutely you could do whatever you want you're at home and you know what speaking of worship yeah number five the best thing is you can turn down that worship volume if it gets a little too loud. Right. Now, look, we love Sam and Hannah. Mm -hmm. We love you guys, but sometimes, wow. Right, yeah. like, oh, like, so, like it's just no. a little much sometimes. It's a little loud, like, I mean, bring back the hymns, am I right? Amen, amen, wow, bring them like, back. Sometimes it's just too loud, um, but with Easter at home, you just turn that volume mm -hmm. down. Or, you know what, even just, Hit that mute button, get Ooh. on the piano, and punch a out mute? a few chords, yeah. Oh, you know what? You could do a mute with sing-along karaoke yeah. style, because oh. the lyrics are on the screen. Lyrics on the screen, get mm -hmm. up there, take turns, use a hairbrush as a microphone, mm -hmm. that is a good idea. Here's a crazy idea. You hit mute, 
You go to YouTube and you play the Chris Tomlin version of the song. Ooh. And you just sing along to that angelic voice. I, I do love me some Chris Tomlin. Mm -hmm. But there you go, the top five things about having Easter at home. We are so glad that you guys decided to spend Easter with us. We're gonna start service here in just a few minutes. say goodbye. The people will shout my name. Pilate will tell them there's nothing I've done to deserve this, but they will refuse. Pilate will stand me beside Barabbas, a murderer, and they will choose him over me. Pilate will appeal to the priest, insist on simply whipping me to appease their fury but they will shout it louder, crucify, crucify. But still, you need not say goodbye. My hands will be tied to a post. The sound of the whip will ring in your ears and in your chest. The soldiers will peel the skin off my back. A ring of thorny branches will be pressed into my scalp until the blood runs into my eyes. But listen, you need not say goodbye. I will carry that cross. I will go to the place of the skull, and there they will drive the iron stakes between the bones in my wrist with a hammer that will nail my feet into the tree. I will be raised up as the world waits for me to die. Nevertheless, you need not say goodbye. Between two thieves I will hang. You may hear me speaking to my father, your father. You may hear me ask him, why? But child, you need not say goodbye. What you won't see, what you won't hear, what you won't know until all of this is done is that in that moment, I was paying the penalty of your wrongdoing every wrongdoing, every mistake, every act of envy, every word of hatred, every moment of violence and greed and spite, every selfish desire, every lustful thought, every moment of weakness and weariness, all the failures of human history will be in my hands and on my head. On that cross, I will suffer the wrath that was destined for you. Every guilty verdict fallen on me 
Your punishment will be paid for in my blood and it will be enough. I will die on your cross. I will let out a final sigh. Know that I have loved you and you need not say goodbye. But if you must, if you absolutely must say the word goodbye, then say it like this. Goodbye fear. Goodbye sorrow. Goodbye rejection. Goodbye shame. Say it like this. Goodbye guilt. Goodbye condemnation. Goodbye all the regrets of the past. Look up at the cross and speak the words. Goodbye addiction. Goodbye chains. Goodbye hopelessness. Right here in this place, say it aloud. Goodbye captivity. Hello freedom. Goodbye loneliness. Hello belonging. Goodbye defeat. Hello victory. This is the end of the curse. This is the demise of the serpent. This is all debts paid. This is, it is finished. Goodbye all the powers of hell. Goodbye darkness. Goodbye dread. Goodbye every sin. Go ahead and say it. Goodbye death. Happy Easter, everybody. Thank you so much for making time and tuning in today. I want to welcome you. My name's Nate, one of the pastors 
And we are here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, that he is the one who is our hope. He is the one in the midst of all of the chaos, amidst all of the craziness in the world that we can worship and that we know is with us today. And I know we're not here together in this building, but man, we are worshiping together with our hearts and our souls. And I just wanna thank you if this is your first time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for making time on this. Here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna sing a couple more songs. We're gonna take communion. And uh, this is something we do. We take some bread and juice. I'm gonna invite you around your house to grab that. And during our time of communion, we just simply remember, especially on this Easter Sunday, what Jesus has done for us that he paid the debt for our sin, that he took away the sins of the world so that we can have life. And I love what he says in John chapter eight. He says, I am the light of life. And we can have the light of life even in the midst of this dark time. So today we're gonna take communion. We're gonna break open God's word. We're gonna learn more about who Jesus is. And actually at the end of our service today, you're gonna have an opportunity. If you've never become a follower of Jesus, we're gonna invite you to become a follower of Jesus today because he has come to be a light in our darkness and save us from our sins. So right now we're gonna keep singing. We're gonna keep worshiping the one who has come to save us with all of our hearts. Let's sing together right now.
cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree his body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all Oh 
Well, it sure is good to be with you this Easter weekend uh, as we celebrate here at Northside, even if it is from a distance. You know, right now in our service is our time of communion, a time where we, we remember what Jesus did for each one of us on the cross. And as we think about that, his sacrifice for us and his great love for us, uh, we look around at the world we're in and we realize that right now in our culture, uh, it's a time of longing, a time of just uh, a certain amount of anxiety for what we once had that no longer is. We, we used to have a lot of freedom to kind of come and go as we please without any precaution, but we don't have that now. We used to have proximity to one another. We don't have that either. Uh, I imagine uh, uh, you've had a, quite a few emails like I did this week of uh, attempts at humor in the whole time of what we're navigating right now in our culture. But uh, uh, one of the things I got was a person said, turns out my three main habits are eating out at restaurants, shopping at non-essential businesses, and touching my face. I'm really in trouble. Yeah, we, we feel the effects and the awkwardness of life as it once was and all the adjustments to it now. And sometimes we just have a longing in our heart. Now, when we come around the table of the Lord today to remember just what Jesus did, and in a little while as we share in the, the bread and the juice, if you have that opportunity at home or wherever you are, we look at, at what Jesus said to his close friends, his disciples, and we see the longing in his heart. He was about to transition the Passover, which was a Jewish high and holy holiday. It was an incredible moment that all the Jewish people looked forward to because they were reminded of how God delivered them through Moses' leadership out of Egypt and all the Israelites were free, the Exodus. And now Jesus turns the corner and he says, what this once was now becomes something else. Now listen as I read from uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 14 through 16. It simply says, when it was time, he sat down, all the apostles with him, and he said, you have no idea how much I've looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. It's the last time I will eat this until we all eat it together in the kingdom of God. He had this longing with his friends and for his friends, where they would share that time based on the faith and the love that they had. You know, the longing that we have in our hearts sometimes today, I, I, I look and in the last two or three weeks, I've talked with folks, even FaceTime to some of our folks in the hospital and, and began to realize the, the longing they have in their heart because we can't get to them. Even their family can't get to visit them. It's a very difficult time. And that longing is just to know that they're not alone talked with some of our folks in the, in the Northside family that have had to say goodbye to loved ones. And rather than have a typical type of funeral service or memorial service like we normally would have, it's had to be changed all the way around where we just don't have access to grieve with those who are grieving right now. Even talked to a bride-to-be and uh, her fiance who they're having to adjust their time of their wedding that I was going to be part of, and they just realized we'd rather have our family and our friends there when that time is. They'll long for the time when they can celebrate that. 
Even this last week, I went to visit my dad at the nursing home just up the road a little bit here. And, and uh, we can only talk through the, the screen door there if it's a warm enough day or, or try to talk on a phone and see him through the glass door. But this was a, a really nice day yesterday, good, good and warm. And I asked the social director there if he wouldn't mind. He's kind of like the chaplain of the nursing home there as well. If he wouldn't mind to take one of those little uh, communion cup to goes that we have here. And we all shared in just a moment through the screen, me and my dad, of remembering what Jesus did for us with the bread and the juice. Jesus said that his longing, his longing would be when they came together, him and his followers. And I want to ask you today, what's the longing in your heart right now? We've always known that this is a time to remember Jesus. We've always known the Last Supper as we share together in the Lord's Supper. Communion is is a time to not just remember, but to to reflect and examine our own heart. But I want to ask you today, let it be a time of longing. Not longing for what once was long ago, but with a grateful heart what he did for us on the cross and the longing we have to being with him and all those who know him and love him and trust him forever one day. Let's share in this moment. bow together with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the love that you have shown to us through your son Jesus. The sacrifice that he made, the victory that he had as we celebrate this Easter weekend. Thank you, Lord, that he took care of our sin by dying in our place on the cross. And thank you that you raised him from the dead so we would have no fear of death. And I pray today, Lord, as we have looked at our own hearts and drawn close to you, may our longing truly be being with you forever and helping as many people around us come to a a saving faith and an understanding of who you are and what he did on our behalf. So God, we ask your blessing on this moment in our whole service together today in each heart and each home. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hey, Northside, my name's Sam, and I'm one of the pastors here, and Easter is one of our absolute most favorite weekends of the year, and we are thrilled that you've decided to spend it with us. 
And if you're new here, in fact, this may be the first service you've watched with us digitally, we want you to feel welcome. And we've launched a new tool, a digital bulletin, just this week that you can go to on your mobile device at mynorthside.info. You'll have everything at your fingertips right there. If you want to find out about the weekend message, about what's going on here at Northside, or how you can find your next steps, you can find that at mynorthside.info. And one of the things you can find there is also how you can give to support the mission of Northside to connect unconnected people to Jesus Christ. And one of the things that giving goes towards is our Midtown Campus Food Pantry in downtown New Albany. We've been able to help an increasing number of people over the last several weeks, and we know that that number could increase over the next couple of months, and it wouldn't be possible without your generosity. So thank you for supporting that mission. And I also want to remind you ways you can give online at mynorthside.com give, or you can text mynorthside to the number 77977. And if you want to and feel more comfortable, you can come drop off your check or mail it here to our campus during the week. And while we may not be physically meeting on the Northside campus for the rest of this month, we want to invite you back to be a part of our weekend live stream every weekend at our normal service times, however you are watching right now. Well, today we are going to be continuing in our series, Light in the Darkness, as we look at what it means to have peace in the darkness and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So glad you guys could be virtually with us. Well, hey, everyone, thank you so much for making time on this Easter weekend to be with us. And I want to invite you, if you're new, maybe this is the first time you have clicked on the link and joined us here at Northside, uh, just to make yourself known in the chat or afterwards, we have some next step opportunities, but we would love to get to know you and make sure you feel welcomed and a part of this church family. Uh, but I got to be honest, this is the most weird, wild Easter I have ever been a part of. I don't know if right now some of you on Saturday, if you're watching this, are grilling out, watching the service at home. If some of you are still in your pajamas, I don't know what's going on. But this is kind of, for me, one of the most surreal Easter's I've been a part of as I've begun to think about, man, everything is online. We can't gather. And as surreal as it is, what I began to reflect on going into this weekend is this is probably the most real Easter that we could ever experience. You know, too, too many times I get obsessed, you know, with the Reese's Easter egg, and I, I love all the food that comes around with it, deviled eggs and ham and honey-baked ham. God bless America. You know, it's all of these good things that we have with this stuff. And when it comes to this Easter, we don't get to gather with our extended family. Now, some of you are excited about that. Do not share that with your extended family. But for us, some of us are going, man, I've lost everything. I've lost our family routine this weekend. I don't get to join at church. I don't get to be a part of this. We don't get to celebrate together. For some of you, you grew up doing the sunrise services as a church family meeting at 6.30 in the morning. And all of these traditions are gone this weekend. And yet that is exactly what the disciples faced on that first Easter Sunday morning. There was no celebration. There was no, oh, let's go get the new Easter dress on the way to the tomb to celebrate that Jesus has been defeated death and has been raised again. None of that was there. 
And yet today we've asked this question, how do we get through this season that we find ourselves in? That is why we're doing this series called Light in the Darkness, because every single one of us are facing a darkness in our life. For some of you, your world has changed upside down in the job related. Maybe some of you have been placed on furlough. Things are going on. Some of you have been let go. There's been tough situations going on. Uh, we know this. Uh, this is re a report that's coming across the world that divorce rates are already up because people are actually having to talk with one another and deal with their issues. And in the midst of all of this, Paul writes this letter to the church in Philippi called the book of Philippians. And what we find in Paul's life is this. He is in the darkest moment of his life. He is in jail for being a follower of Jesus. And yet he writes with some of the most joy that's ever recorded in the Bible. How do he get through that? How do you and I get through these dark moments? Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus yet and you're, you're tuning in because you're going, hey, I'm in a place of hopelessness and I need hope. My buddy, he's a CEO of a digital media uh, company up in Chicago. Matter of fact, they've been voted one of the best places to work in Chicago. And uh, he has 750 employees, not just there in Chicago, but across the country. And uh, the people, WGN and all these other you know, stations wanted to interview him and said, how are you navigating this as a boss in one of the most hard times, one of the most darkest times? And I love this phrase that he told him. He's a believer. He's a follower of Jesus. And this is what he told him. He said, this is what I believe. A crisis doesn't develop character. A crisis reveals character. What my friend Sean knows is this. In this season of darkness that we go through, what's in us will come out of us. See, this is why Easter is so important, because you and I will face dark moments all of our lives, and what it will do is this, every time we go through a season, whatever is in us will come out of us. Matter of fact, I got a friend, uh, Ray, he's a pastor, and he, he shared this illustration. Some of you are going, Nate, are you just that thirsty on Easter? You know, no, it's not that, and no Coke's not paying us, which... That might not be a bad idea, a little project, you know, uh, placement here. But what he did was this. He took two Coke cans and he said this. He goes, right now, you and I are under more pressure than we have ever faced in our life. Economically, he's saying physically, mentally, financially. He said, we are under more pressure as an entire world than we've ever faced all of us being alive. He said, this is the most pressure intense time. And he said, and this is what's going to happen right now when all the pressure comes in. He says, as the pressure comes in, he said, one of two things is going to happen. He said, the pressure is going to come in and this is going to happen. And he said, here's the deal. The same amount of pressure was applied to the Coke cans. But the difference is this. What was inside of this one was way different than what was inside this one. See, this is what happens when you and I begin to place our faith in Jesus. There is pressure that is applied to our lives. Talked with someone last night. Their husband just found out he's infected with COVID-19. A Christian, God-fearing people, faithful, loyal, hard-working people, and now their lives are under a pressure they have never faced before. And here's what's happening. The pressure is coming in, but what is inside of them 
is making all the difference in the world. See, this is why Easter is so important for us. And this is why the Bible is so important for us because it points to our confidence in these times of crisis. Matter of fact, Paul writes this, and I just want to focus on one verse in particular today as, he, as we're meeting over Easter. And Paul writes, and he writes this in Philippians chapter 1. He's writing to the church, and he's thanking God for them. And listen to what he says in verse 3. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. He's in jail. Paul, how are you praying with joy? And here's why. He says, because of your partnership in the gospel, this life with Jesus from the first day until now. And here's what he says. He says, this is the secret in verse 6. He said, this is my secret to having confidence in the crisis. Verse 6, being confident of this. He even uses that word, being confident of this, that he, God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul says this, I know that pressure is coming in on your life, but here is my confidence in the face of pressure, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Here's our problem. A lot of times I didn't even understand Easter growing up, even though I would celebrate and I have an Easter basket and would love all the clothes that would come with it and eat all the candy. Yeah, I love Easter. Well, Nate, why do you celebrate Easter? I don't know. I just love it. Here's what you and I need to remember about Easter. Easter is a three-day story. Easter isn't just Sunday and Jesus rose again. Hey, cool, whatever. I don't know what that means. Easter is a three-day story, meaning this. On Friday, we call it Good Friday. What happened was this. We believe when we see Jesus on the cross, people, what we see in Scripture is this. They left defeated. They went, this was my Savior, and now he's dead. They even mocked Jesus on the cross saying this. He saved other people, and yet he can't save himself. And on that first day, there was this defeat. On the second day, there was this darkness, silence, nothing. Some of you can resonate with that right now. The internet, you've become bored with it. You can't check any more Facebook posts. You've checked them all. And now in this time of quarantine, you realize there might be some dark areas in your life. But on the third day, when nobody saw it coming, there began to be this great delight because Christ didn't stay in the grave. Christ conquered the grave. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And now he gives us this confidence. Paul says, you can put me in jail, but you can't take the joy of Jesus out of me while I'm in jail. Because he who began a good work in you and me will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, this is why you and I need Easter, because we do not have what it takes in this world to live a life full of confidence because our lives are crushed by the crisis and the pressures in this world. What we need to understand is this, the resurrection is the beginning of our faith. The resurrection of Jesus, this is why it's so important to understand what Easter is. It's not just that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and so you better get your act together. The whole beautiful thing of Jesus is this. He died on the cross for our sins, but yet he didn't stay in the tomb. He rose again so that you and I could have life. 
Because here's oftentimes what happens. This is the difference. I love how someone said it this way. They said the difference between religion and Christianity is this. Religion is spelled D-O, do. You got to do. You have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And once you're done doing that, you got a little bit more because well, look what Jesus did on the cross for you. But Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done. See, you and I live in the completed work of Jesus, not just on the cross, but that he conquered the grave. He conquered the sin and he conquered the disease that we go through. And yes, we experience it, but we do not experience it without the confidence in the completed work of Christ in our lives. See, this is the good news of Easter. That we have a confidence that this world can't offer us. This is why Paul begins and he says this, He who began a good work in you will carry it on until the day of Christ Jesus. He began this good work. And did you hear what he said? In you. See, the problem right now is this. Most of us were saying this. When are we going to go back to normal? Well, when are the surroundings going to change in my life? You know, the reports are coming out that college football might be canceled. Dear God, no, hear our prayers, Lord. Because here's why. We want everything outside of us to return back to normal. Paul says the confidence of Jesus is this. He began a good work in you first. Too many times we're waiting for God to do a good work outside of us first and then we go God if you live up to my expectations out here then I'll begin to believe you in here and he goes that's not how faith works this is how faith works faith works by you and I allowing God to do a good redemptive work on the inside saving us from our sins changing us from the inside out and when he does a good work on the inside of us it goes out See, God works in a different way. Matter of fact, if you begin to look at and read about the followers of Jesus, they all put the wrong expectations on Jesus. Judas, who betrayed Jesus, was kind of the CFO of the disciples. He was over the money. He controlled all that stuff. And secretly, Judas had some of his own plans of what he wanted Jesus to do. You know, most of us, sometimes we'll begin to worship and follow wherever the money takes us. We'll go there. We'll do whatever it takes to get more money. And that was kind of the thing that Judas was after. Oh, yeah, yeah, he followed Jesus, but he followed Jesus to get what he wanted. He didn't just follow Jesus. And what happens is this. When he recognized Jesus was going to go die and Jesus wasn't going to become the Savior that he wanted him to be, what does Judas do? He goes and betrays him. For what? Money. See, what was in Judas came out of Judas. When the pressure came in, the crisis revealed who he really was. The crisis revealed who Peter really was as well. Peter was one of those guys who trusted in his performance more than the person of Jesus. You see him over and over again in the New Testament, over-promising, under-delivering. Matter of fact, a good way to kind of live and work your business or just live with other people is this, under-promise and over-deliver. Peter is one of those guys, he always over-promised and under-delivered because he trusted too much in his performance, which is why when he told Jesus, I'm going to never betray you, they might betray you, I'm never going to betray you. What does he do? He denies Christ three times and he runs away because what was really in Peter 
was that my performance will save me. See, this is what Jesus frees us from. He says, it's not going to be about your performance. It's going to be about my cross. It's going to be about my resurrection. This is what's going to change you. Matter of fact, if you look in Luke chapter 24, it's amazing. The women go to the, to the tomb and they go there and it says this. They went there to, to be able to bring spices in for Jesus. This was part of the burial process. And they show up and it says they had taken all the spices. In verse 4, when they went into the tomb and the body of Jesus wasn't there, it says while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. These were angels. And it said, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? You got to hang on to that question. I got to hang on to that question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Easter is a three-day story. And then this is what it says in verse 8. Then they remembered his words. Oh yeah, the resurrection was supposed to be the beginning of my faith. He was doing this good work and man, I had been focused on so many other things. I forgot what Jesus actually said he was going to do. Matter of fact, this question that the, the angels ask is a great convicting question about sin in our life is this. When we sin, when we go and we worship other things, whether it's money like Judas or our own performance or our own expectations or other desires in this world, when we go and we begin to worship and live our lives for that instead of Jesus, what ends up happening is this. We begin to live for the dead instead of the living. This is why the angels asked, why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus isn't here. He's doing a new work. He's doing a new thing. See, this is why Easter is so important. Because you and I come to a point, this is what faith is all about. We come to a point where we recognize our sinfulness, we recognize our failure, and we recognize the Savior who's come after us. That he who began a good work will carry it on to the day of completion. Matter of fact, over 700 years before Christ showed up, Isaiah chapter 53, this is what's amazing about this. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses five through six, it begins to describe what Christ has done for us on the cross. Listen to what it says. It says, but he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are what we're healed see easter is a th three-day story and until you and i recognize our sinfulness until you and i recognize that we're looking for the living among the dead the resurrection won't actually make sense because you and I have to come to a point and a place in our time where we're going, no, God, I've looked for other things to save me rather than you, but only you can save me. This is why Paul says this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. 
meaning this. This is why Easter is so important for you and I, that the resurrection is our new normal. The resurrection is our new normal as followers of Jesus. Let's admit it. There will be no going back to normal after this whole virus has ran its course. I guarantee you this, we will look totally different as a world. Travel will look totally different. Gatherings, I'm telling you, gatherings here at our church building, it's going to look different. We don't know what it's going to look like, but I guarantee you this, it's going to look different. The world is going to change. There will be no more going back to the way it was before March. Everything's going to change, and it freaks us out. And you know why it freaks us out? Because we don't have control. You want to know why a lot of times we struggle with confidence in life? The areas that we struggle with confidence, really the deeper issue is this. We struggle because you and I don't have control. And when you and I don't have control over a situation, it freaks us out. But see, this is why the resurrection matters. This is why Jesus defeating the grave matters. Because the resurrection is our new normal. I love what Barbara Johnson says. This is one of my favorite quotes of the Christian faith. She says, this is what you and I need to recognize about ourselves. We are Easter Sunday people living in a Good Friday world. We're Easter Sunday people. We are resurrected people. We are this, this whole thing of God transforming us. We are people of God, Easter Sunday people in a good Friday world. And she wrote that in this devotional, and this was the title of her devotional. I thought this was fitting for our times. This was the title of her devotional that she put it in, called Splashes of Joy in the Cesspools of Life. Splashes of joy and the cesspools of life. Because if you dove into Barbara's life story, her three sons that she raised all suffered through tremendous things. Her husband went through an, a near fatal car accident that took years to recover from. And her last six years on life, she struggled with cancer before she passed in 2007. And this is what she knew. The only way that I could go forward in life is to remind myself that the only normal I have is the resurrection of Jesus in my life. I don't know what normal you lost, but I know this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. That no matter what pressure you go through, no matter what you face, the resurrection of Jesus is doing a good work in our lives. Matter of fact, Paul begins to talk about this a little bit in 2 Corinthians he begins to talk about what he's experiencing when life is crashing down on him. We've got to get over this idea that just because you and I are a Christian, life is going to be easy. It will not be easy. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, but we have this treasure, talking about Jesus. We have this treasure in jars of clay, talking about our bodies, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from ourselves. How do you and I have confidence? Not because of us, but because of he who began a good work in us. This all surpassing power is from God, not from us. And listen to what he says. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We're having church online, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down. He literally faced persecution for being a follower of Jesus. That's why he's in jail. We are struck down, but listen to what he says. But I'm not destroyed. 
You know how I lived with that confidence and that power? Because the resurrection was his new normal. All of my surroundings, this is what I know for the rest of my life, my surroundings are going to change in every era and every season of my life. But one thing is going to remain the same, the power of the resurrection in my life. I tell you, there's something incredible that happens in our lives when we become powerless. Matter of fact, what happens in that kind of second day darkness and, and some of you are experiencing it right now. All of your rhythms are gone. We don't know what day it is. We're just kind of repeating all this other stuff. Matter of fact, I was driving through a neighborhood the other day and I saw the weirdest sight. I, I haven't seen this in years. I, I didn't even think these things existed anymore. They're called bikes. It was really weird. But there was all these kids riding bikes together. I'm like, well, that's weird. And here's what I'm finding out. That in these times when we feel powerless... God actually wants to make us powerful. But it takes you and I coming to a place of recognizing that we are limited and we are not in control. And here's what happens. When we come to that place, the power of God begins to do an unbelievable work in us. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Some of you are in that second day darkness right now. Your life is silent, been furloughed. You don't know what's next. You're waiting for that check to come in for the government, but man, it seems like every hour is a week. And you're going, I don't know how to make it. And I don't know how to step forward. Or maybe in the silence right now, you're coming face to face with some real addiction in your life and you're realizing because everything has slowed down, you now have to face the problems that you've been avoiding in your life for years. It's amazing, this book had an incredible quote in it and it's called Learning to Walk in the Darkness. It's by Barbara Brown Taylor and listen to what she says. She talks about being people of faith who are learning how to navigate these dark seasons. She says, the resurrection is always announced with Easter lilies and the sound of trumpets, bright streaming light. But it did not happen that way. If it happened in a cave, it happened in complete silence, in absolute darkness. With the smell of damp stone and dug earth in the air, sitting deep in the heart of the organ cave, she said, I let this thought sink in. New life starts in the dark. Whether it is a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it started in the dark. See, God does his best work in the dark, in the silence, in our hopelessness, in our regret. The power of God, the resurrecting power of God comes in and brings his light into our darkness. Right now, I want you to hear a story from uh, one of our friends here at church, one of the family members here at church, one of our church families, name's Larry. And I want you to hear about his 
dark time and how the light of Christ has changed everything. My relationship with God about 15 years ago, I didn't let him into all of the parts of my life. I kind of thought that I had my life together. I was, I was doing my own thing. I was constantly being kind of nudged by God, but I, I wouldn't answer. I, I, you know, I would hear or I would feel it and I would just kind of hit snooze. I'd always say, when I get my life on track, then I'll answer your call. Music has always been a passion of mine. So in my early 20s, I joined a band and we started playing parties, playing in bars, and it was all just about good times. Drinking, chasing women, just personal gratification. What felt like good times was actually the darkest time of my life. It even led me to a night that I spent in jail. Thinking back on that time, I was filling my life looking for what was living among the dead, things that weren't life-giving. And it was a lot of fun, but that's all I got out of it. I knew that, that I wasn't living right, and, and I called myself a Christian, but I wasn't living like a Christian. Started a relationship, and uh, we quickly got closer than we should have, and it wasn't very long, and we had a child on the way. It certainly put a toll on the relationship. I thought that if I just tried harder, that I could make it work, and, but I couldn't. I got us with a Christian counselor, started talking to her and she quickly seen that you guys don't even have a relationship with God and, and you want to build a relationship together. Um, that's not the way this works. She recommended that we live apart. We were living together at the time and that we build our relationship with Christ before we try to build a relationship together. So we, we lived apart and I started working on my relationship with Christ. I wanted to start serving at the church thinking that that could win me some points or help my situation. So I tried out with a former worship minister and the tryout went great. Afterwards, he got to hear some of my story and I tried to point out all of the, you know, how good of a Christian I was and tell him about all the boxes I was checking, but, but he quickly seen that I was, uh, I was a believer, but I certainly wasn't, I wasn't following. He said that, I see your talent, but I don't think you're ready to take this step in leadership. This moment was a real wake-up call. It was the punch in the gut that I desperately needed. I had to choose between closing down the bars every weekend or giving my life to Jesus, chasing broken relationships or building a relationship with God. Mostly, I had to choose between having control or giving God control of my life. Following Jesus, for, for some people, it's an instant thing. It took me about four years from the first time that I tried out for the worship team to, to try again. I wanted to make sure I was doing it for all the right reasons. Make sure that I was doing it not for myself, but for the purpose of serving. And that's been one of the biggest blessings to actually be able to lead in that capacity. Making the decision to follow Christ has given my life purpose. Whether I'm serving on the worship team or building houses on a mission trip, I live for God's will, not mine. My son's mother and I we weren't able to mend our relationship, but we've both built a very strong relationship with Christ. Because of that, we're able to model for our son Abraham what it looks like to follow Christ. And that is the absolute best feeling in the world to watch our son grow 
in his relationship with God. I love how no matter what our story is, no matter what we've hidden, no matter how many times we've gotten God wrong, I love that Larry was honest, going, hey man, I think I was doing well, but really I was avoiding a lot of things. And yet here is God with his infinite grace and mercy, turning him into a great dad, a great follower of Jesus and meeting him here in his darkness. And the good news for us today is simply this, that God is here to do the same thing for you and I. That God knows our darkness. He knows where we want to avoid the things that we want to have hidden from him and from others. And he says, no, I know the darkest parts and I'm here to bring light into your darkness. See, this is what we got to understand about the resurrection. It's not just that, that's where our faith begins. And it's not just that the resurrection is our new normal. The resurrection is our future. This is the hope that we have. This is why Paul says, here is what I'm confident of, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. God is gonna keep carrying it on. When you go, I don't think I can keep going. He goes, I can, I'll keep carrying it on. And then this is what Paul says, he's gonna carry it on until the day of Christ Jesus. Meaning this, God is never gonna give up on us. God is never gonna leave us. There's gonna be nothing, that is, there's gonna be no disease that's gonna be too much for God. Yes, we may feel like we are losing all control of everything, but there is no stopping our heavenly Father. That is the power of the resurrection. And not only is that the power of the resurrection 2,000 years ago, that is the power of the resurrection that we have coming for us on the day when Christ Jesus comes back. See, this is what Revelation says. God gave this picture of the future to John. A lot of times we're afraid of that book of Revelation. We're like, ooh, man, that's some crazy stuff in there. And it's not, by the way, it's not Revelations. It's just Revelation. It's just a revelation from God. And John writes this book to encourage the church because God gave him a picture of what the future is gonna be with him. And listen what he says at the end of Revelation. Revelation chapter 21, verse three through five. He says this, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Do you hear that grace and mercy? In your place of darkness, God is going, I'm wanting to come and rescue you. And then listen to what it says he'll do. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. See, the good news of Easter is this, that everything that's causing us pain today, even if we have Christ, everything that is causing us pain today will one day be made right when Christ returns. And we will live in eternity. He will be our God and we will be his people. No more tears, no more pain, no more divorce, no more death, no more COVID-19. No more layoffs, 
No more financial crisis. No more broken world. No more disease. Because everything will be put back to right in Jesus. This is the victory that we have in him. And my question for you today is this, do you have this confidence in your life? When the pressures of this world come in, is this what is in you when the pressure hits or is this what the pressure is doing to you because your life has not been made new in Jesus? See, this is what Jesus offers us. He offers us life. Matter of fact, I think one of the greatest questions we can ask ourselves today on Easter is this. Where are you looking for the living among the dead? Where are you looking for things to save you other than Christ? Where are you looking for your confidence in this world other than Jesus? Because he's not there. He has risen. He has risen and conquered your death, our sin, forever. See, this is the good news of Jesus. Here in a moment, we're going to hear this song that we've sung here, and it has become a declaration song. We didn't know it. When God kind of placed this on our heart going into January, we said this is going to be our song into 2020 that God's going to be singing. It's called Waymaker. One of the lines is this. He said, light in the darkness, that is who you are because you are a way maker. And we had no idea what we were gonna be facing this year, but we had a confidence that we had this way maker with us. And I wanna invite you right now, if you've never decided to allow Jesus to be your way maker, to allow Jesus to be the one to rescue you from your sin, to be the one who will give you confidence when the world is crushing in to say, I have a work of God in my life. If you have never decided to let him be the leader of your life, I'm gonna give you a moment right now. Matter of fact, when we baptize people here, this is what we say. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God? And then this is what we say. And do you accept him? Do you receive him on the inside of your life, in your heart, to be your Lord and your Savior, meaning this, that you are turning over all control to him, that you are dying to yourself. And you're saying, Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my King. And I wanna invite you right now, if you have never said that, if you have never prayed that prayer, I wanna invite you, if you're going today, I need to follow, going, Nate, I've been looking for the living among the dead and it has not brought me life. I have no confidence right now. I wanna invite you simply to turn your life over to Jesus right now. And if you're doing that right now, here's how I want you to do that. We wanna follow up with you. If you're saying, God, this is what I need. I just want, I want you to simply text the word, accept. You're accepting Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And this is what I want you to do. Just accept the, to type the word accept to 41411 to say, yes, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. God, make me new. Your new normal is here. Your new normal is here. We want to follow up with you. And maybe right now, some of you are really thinking about it. You're going, ooh, Nate, boy, that's a big decision. Our band is going to sing a bit of Waymaker. And as they sing this song, I want you to pray about that and be real with Jesus right now. And if you need to become a follower of him, if you need to turn your life over to him, if you need to be baptized in him, text 
except to 41411 right now while they sing. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. make miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. our miracle worker. He is our light in the darkness. We don't have to act like it's not bad out there. It is bad in the world. And yet the resurrection is that good that he has overcome all death and disease and sin. And we celebrate Jesus today. He is our confidence. And I want to invite you again, just as you've listened today, if you need to begin to take that next step with Jesus, seriously, text in. Just accept 41411 or go to minorside.info. 
begin to take a next step today. We've got groups on there. We've got a prayer wall experience on there. We want to pray with you. We want to walk with you. This is what the church was made for. We can't meet in this building right now, but we can continue to be together. And that is what God has called us to be as the church. And so I want to invite you, take your next step with Jesus this Easter. Thank you so much for making time. Thanks for celebrating him with us. And we look forward to following up with you this week, or we'll see you back here next weekend. Happy Easter, everybody.